0: Coming at ya, hey now, it's the weekend, it's payday, it's time to grab a beer, it's brew and company, roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all, I sing in the shower, quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say, there's a couple of really fun names to say, I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece, let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 29th episode of Brew & Company. I'm your host, Matt Brubaker. This is the first episode of 2023, so Happy New Year to everybody. Hopefully everyone had a great holiday and a great new year, despite uh, the way Ohio State brought in the new year, but... We also, like we did last year for the very first episode of the entire series, we're starting out 2023 with the same co-host. So we welcome back, uh, maybe by popular demand, uh, my good buddy, Matt Porter, as we used to do this in college. And Porter, if you're wondering, remember how about a year ago. Uh, I said that you kind of had to prove your worth. Well, you definitely did. You, you proved your worth. You have high value. Your your market value is at an all time high. So welcome back.
1: Well, Yeah, it's good to be back, bro. I think you you it's smart to start with me every year because then the only way to go is up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 doing it right for your podcast but it's good to be here i can't believe it's been a year th- that you've uh been doing this and and you're putting a lot of work into it and 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 it's awesome to see it so sorry i haven't been back sooner
0: oh no you're good buddy i i appreciate the kind words uh no one canceled me i, I didn't get myself canceled uh, the good news was uh, we got renewed for season two, but I was the one that made that decision. So we're back and it's a happy new year, hopefully to everybody out there. And We get to catch up and have some laughs. And I saw you drink something. I know a year ago it was apple juice. What are you drinking tonight? Is that a baby bottle? Are you drinking? Baby no, it's,
1: it's not. A, it's an adult brewery. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> does look like one of those baby <laughs> bottles. But um, no, I just like last year, I am doing a effectively a reset Right. So a little bit of a diet. No, the big thing for me in January and, and all, I try to go all the way to my birthday, which is February 20th, uh, with no alcohol. So this is water with a little bit of uh, very unflavorful grape hydration source powder in it. So I, I would not recommend. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's good to do a reset. I uh, I was drinking pretty heavily. Uh, as we closed out the year. So starting January 1, cold turkey, no alcohol for Matt for, for 50 days is, is the goal.
0: That That's funny you say that because it sounds like we're just doing a recap of the episode last year because I remember you said this was right around the Super Bowl. So we started kind of mid-February. But I remember you saying something to the effect of, you know, you had too much watching the Bengals game and you had like Bengal Tiger bourbon or some crap like that. So it sounds so, like we, although we're a year down the road, it still feels like we're back on episode one.
1: <laughs> well, it could, yeah. It, it, you actually, you've jogged my memory. There's a reason why I was, wasn't was drinking uh, at the Super Bowl prep show, which was like February, early February of last year. And it wasn't the reset. I remember now I tried the reset and I went to a Jackets game, like, you know, Martin Luther King weekend. So middle of January. And uh-huh. I, I, I got suckered into, you know, buying $13 beers and <laughs> and the reset was over. So I'm going to the Jackets game here in Columbus <laughs> on Thursday. So hopefully I don't, uh, screw that up again, but I did. Yeah. I, I made like Bengal tiger cocktails for the yeah AFC championship game, which of course the Bengals won, yeah. which was freaking motivating. And, um, I, I drank more than a half a bottle of, <laughs> Wilderness Trail bourbon, um, which is great at bourbon, by the way, for the bourbon drinkers out there. I I, I drank so much, I actually fell down the stairs. Um, it, it was a, But it was great at the Bengals one. So um, it was a fun night. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. So,
0: okay, we have to go back. So in the first episode, if no one listened to it, Order was talking about how he was drinking this apple cider or apple juice, excuse me, because he was going on like a cleanse. But you failed to, or maybe strategically failed, to mention the detail about the steps. So I've been to your house. I know those steps. Sober as a bird, the chances of you falling up or even down those steps are quite high because of how steep they are. So if you were in the bag with the Bengal Tiger bourbon and you fell down the steps, that that might take a yeah. year to recover. That might be why you're just joining us now.
1: It was one of those where, uh, and for a lot of the drinkers out there, it's not something to be proud of. But you know, we've all been there where you 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 know you you just you go a little too hard in the paint and you puke in the morning. And I, and I think that I did, if I if I recall. Um, <laughs> Are you a puke and rally steps, guy? Do you believe in that? No, I've never been able to do that. I don't oh, freaking understand when it's people, so clutch. I, I that's, that's Hollywood. You're I just don't I don't understand how you can do that. Are you
0: a New Year's resolution guy?
1: Not, not resolution specifically but i i i just do like a reset okay. I, so kind of I just don't call it a New year's resolution
0: well i'll give you a new year's resolution slash addition to your reset <laughs> puke and rally <laughs> I would i would highly recommend you give the puke and rally a test run because <laughs> i don't think now that you're a dad that you should be dunking beers and bourbon and falling down steps again but let's just say you guys have a weekend off and you have too much and you want to keep going dude getting that stuff out is a top-notch move and all i won't get too descriptive but all you got to do is just kind of force it out just tell yourself dude i got to do this you just got to push forward and figure it out and and it's it's a clutch move clutch so move. you force the vomit you, you force want to tell you how i do it F- seriously
1: yeah, yeah, I want to know because I I'm curious. I also want to <laughs> put you in touch with a good primary care provider after this, so you can talk PCP? through the. Yeah, uh, so it's not hard. Not this is safe.
0: <laughs> it's it's all about speaking it into existence. So most of us, as young kids, remember our worst days when we were sick were when we were throwing up. I don't know if that's you, but for me, it was the worst. That's terrible. It was awful. I think as you grow up. And you get older, you learn the value of the vomit. That's how we'll put that. So when I know I've had a little too much, and I'm still somewhat capable of thinking clearly, it's just like, oh, I'm just not feeling well. What I do is I go into the bathroom, I turn the lights on, and I make the whole experience as uncomfortable as possible. Because I tell myself, I put myself in the situation. Now you have to get yourself not only through it, but out of it. So what I do yeah. is I turn the lights on. I lay by the toilet and I hug it like it's a stuffed pillow. And I just <laughs> I lay there and I tell myself, throw up, throw up, throw up. And just taking me back to like four and five year old little brew and how terrible of the experience that was. It just happens sometimes when you really need to get it out and the the power of talking it out doesn't work. You just got to go to the uh index finger to the tongue and just, and just do it. And all of a sudden you get it out, the poisons out. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I might think about running tomorrow. I might, I might run a 5k because you get that stuff out. So it's the power right. of speaking it into an existence. And if that doesn't work, index finger to tongue.
1: Yeah. I can't, I can't puke and rally. And I, I honestly, I don't know you're like a bulimic brew <laughs> with that. I, It's not good. I mean, stop, this stop isn't every that.
0: day. I, I hardly ever drink to get drunk anyway. But on those occasions where you just need to get it out, that's how you do it. I, I think When was uh, the last
1: time when was the last time you did this? Like, when was the last time you you, you oh. tied one on a little too, a little too much and you had to puke and rally? Was it in the last calendar year or is this like I w- college? Day?
0: I was going to say it was probably God. It was probably before the podcast started. It's been a very long time because I don't drink your life out. (laughs) It's got me on the straight and narrow. No, it's just, it, it works. It it actually works. But most of the time, it's just by saying the words, throw up, come on, throw up, throw up. And my lucky number is three. So by that third time I say it, you know, the train is leaving the station.
1: So I can't do it.
0: (laughs) I don't know how we went from, uh, welcome in to the value of the vomit, but it's, it's a fun my
1: fault. It's my fault. I it's... brought the, I oh, brought it's cause the you fell down up. the
0: damn steps. That's what it I was
1: on the steps and talked about puking. But yeah, I had a bruise on my rear end. Uh, <laughs> you want to keep it PG for the kids for like two weeks, uh, you know, a big, that's big awesome. purple shiner on, uh, <laughs> on my cheek there. So
0: all because the Bengals won, that's all. <laughs> I think it's time to make at least our first cheers of the year. By the way, my toast, we'll talk about terrible timing in just a moment, but my toast this year was quite painful because it was right after Ohio State lost to Georgia. But since I was hosting the watch party and I bought this champagne thinking it would be a toast for a Big Ten championship, I had it left over for the watch party. But how Ohio State lost was very heartbreaking, very sad. I walked out my basement, and I sat on one of the steps and cried for like three minutes in the cold. But then I remembered I had to keep perspective, and I had to still give a toast. So I opened up the champagne, and I said, to good friends, to great company, and Michigan still sucks. That was my toast, because that's all (laughs) I could get out. So this will be the first uh, crack open of the year. So this one is to the value of the vomit and to you rejoining the show. There we go. By the way, I've got, got the Rolling Rock. So, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, brother. Um, I got do your, want to uh,
1: branded koozies there.
0: Yep, I got my face on a koozie. Do you have one yet? I think I gave you one, right?
1: You gave me one on our Maryland trip, which I, I, I see we we will talk about later in the show.
0: We will definitely talk about that. I do. I do want to ask a couple of things after I say a quick celebration, or we really have to celebrate a lot of things as I'm starting something new this year. Uh, Last year, I began to really talk about the money-saving tips of the week and stuff like that, just jokingly. But today, being the first Friday of the 2023 podcast season, I'm starting a happy blank day, which is you look on every day, and every day is something. It's National Donut Day or National, I don't know, Knuckle Crack Day. So today, being January the 13th, Kind of interesting that you're on for the first one. It is National Public Radio Broadcasting Day. So happy Public Radio Broadcasting Day to everybody. Number two is Make Your Dreams Come True Day. What's your dream right now? What's the dream that you would love to have come true right now?
1: Uh, if, if I could pay off my mortgage right now, that'd be a oh. great, it'd be a great thing. You, you <laughs> went in dream. a different
0: lane than me. I was thinking Mila Kunis in the forest, but that, that's just right. me.
1: It's, just, it's like our priorities are so, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I wouldn't mind having my mortgage paid off. That'd also been a nice Christmas gift, but I have the biggest one outside of, by the way, this is also national pizza week. So I might go to grapevine maybe over the weekend and celebrate that, but it's a big day today. And this is one yeah. we have to celebrate. It's a huge day, not just that you're back on the show. But January the 13th is National Rubber Ducky Day. Did you know this? No. It's National Rubber Ducky Day. We
1: have a rubber ducky.
0: Do you really? I was going to ask you because you're a new in father. The,
1: in the kitchen, yeah. So It's in
0: the kitchen? It's not in the bathtub?
1: Or Well, so there's, there's a reason.
0: <laughs> Let's um, hear it. I have facts or, behind this, but go ahead.
1: We have a four month old at home, right? Yeah. Uh baby baby Jack, and we bathe him in the sink. Oh. In okay. the kitchen sink. And th- th- there's a little friggin' rubber ducky that some <laughs> company got real smart and made. And on the bottom of it, there's like this little hot cold sensor where like you put the rubber ducky in the water and it'll like turn white on the bottom and say hot. And then if it's if it's not hot, if it 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 doesn't say hot and it doesn't turn white, so it's a temperature gauge to make sure oh. you don't your baby. It's 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 a rubber ducky, so it's a toy, but it also helps you gauge the temperature of the water.
0: First of all, that's ingenious, but because yeah, I'm not a dad, somebody made a lot
1: of money on Shark Tank.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I do have a question, and it just seems like you wouldn't need the rubber duck. Couldn't you just stick your hand in the water, be like oh, it's too hot.
1: Your hand can be deceiving. Actually, and the funny thing is I don't really use the rubber ducky because there's a couple of times we've put him in the water, Jack, the baby, and um, he freaks freaks (laughs) out, uh, like screams bloody murder. And uh, we, we, we gauge that we need to be pretty precise with the temperature. So I have a thermometer that's a meat yeah. thermometer that you stick in meat to gauge internal temperature. And I just use that, stick it in the water, and it and it gives me the right temperature. So,
0: All right. What you need to do is you need to answer my next question 100% in all honesty. Okay.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm scared.
0: How many times have you sat in the sink and been bathed? Since your son's been born,
1: <laughs> you can Twice. count them on one hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remind me to never eat at your house ever again. Uh, but yeah, today, honest to God, is National Rubber Ducky Day. You can go and look at it. Uh, this has been made famous by Sesame Street. Uh, I guess it was Ernie, N- not to be confused with Ernie L's, simply Ernie. He said, yeah. I guess there's a song. I actually listened to it earlier this week. I think the people that wrote this song were high on whippets. So Ernie sings the song, Rubber Ducky, you're the one. You make bath time. Lots of fun. Rubber Ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. You should play this next time you bathe Jack in the sink. But this is a real thing. So this little friendly puppet of yours that you have is a bath accessory. Everybody loves it, but it's celebrated on January the 13th. So today is National Rubber Ducky Day. And you brought up kind of the intricacy of the technology behind it now but this was first designed back in the 1800s when rubber manufacturing first began the duck was then made out of plastic and vinyl during both world wars but then (laughs) this guy actually might be smart it's in his name talk about speaking it into existence the duck toy was first patented back in 1928 by landon smart lawrence but the toy was actually heavier back then because I guess they put something different in it. So you have one with like a gauge, which is genius back in the day. They put a weight in it to make sure that it would always stay upright, which is kind of cool, but this is, this is unreal to me. So listen to this. When was the last time you guys have gone to the
1: beach? First off, has it been recently?
0: Yeah. Any ocean Atlantic Pacific?
1: Um, this past summer, uh, Cape Cod okay. uh, National Seashore, uh, Massachusetts.
0: Any chance you saw a rubber ducky floating around in the ocean?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <A couple laughs> well, the of reason fat I people. ask, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, some
0: whales, not ducks. Huh? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. A couple of, a couple <laughs> of folks that needed more, a bigger bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one less trip to Shake Shack, please, or a bigger bathing suit. Like, let's get it together.
0: You've had the Shake Shack. That you heard one of the episodes,
1: maybe? Huh? Love the Shake Shack. Uh, I uh, maybe, but I, <laughs> I, uh, Shake Shack is one of my, probably my favorite burger joint. I think they crush. Them. And there's one going in just down the street from Mom and Dad, Sawmill Road, and and oh, West Double Grandville. They're building. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, uh, my buddy really? Shep and I, Shep turned me on to it, and I'm I'm all in. I love that place. I got a gift. I got a gift certificate from uh, Ashland Megan for Christmas for the for the Cadillac of fast food, as my buddy Shep calls it. I got a twenty five dollar gift yeah, certificate. That's a
1: good name for it, the Cadillac of fast food. Yeah, but
0: back to the rubber <laughs> ducky though. This is I. The reason I asked you that question, if anyone's ever out in the ocean, you might actually run into one of these floating around because at one point back in nineteen ninety two. 28,000 rubber ducks on a boat to Washington went overboard during a storm. So it's been said that these ducks floated north to the Arctic, got trapped in the ice. And then over time, as the ice thawed, they just kind of slowly migrated into the Atlantic Ocean. So there's thousands of them out there. And I think if you see one, I think you should hold on to it. So when I go to Hilton Head this year, I might. I might start looking for ducks. See if I can I'm find them. I'm curious
1: now. Like, yeah. where, you know, what are the odds that you mm. would see one? It's probably not good at all. The the ocean's huge.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you got to think. There's there's 30, 31 years in between when this happened and now. And there's 28,000 of these little jackasses floating around the ocean. So I would think that's got to be pretty rare. It's like finding a ring in the sand with your metal detector. So... Next time I go or you go, just keep an eye out. And then if you see one, message me (laughs) and say, hey, we celebrated National Rubber Ducky Day in in June. I I will say this. If you're asking Brew Porter, how do we celebrate this big day? Well, first of all, you listen to the episode. But also what you do is you go, and this is no joke, you go to Columbus, Ohio, where Porter and I are both currently. The Nationwide Children's Hospital here in Columbus, they actually host a race for these little duckies through big Walnut Creek. Did you know this? No, I've never heard of this. I, I don't know if it's BS or not. I We might have to confirm. It says each duck is purchased by a sponsor to help support research for the hospital. You can buy one for $5 or I guess a brood, not to be confused with brew, brew and company. You can get 130 of them for $500, which again, will go to research for the hospital. Thousands of these toys are then unleashed into the Creek And onlookers, which I don't know how boring your Saturdays are, but I'm not spending my Saturday doing this. But onlookers go and watch to see which one of these little ducks cross the finish line first. Listen to this. The top three ducks marked with their sponsor's name earn prizes, one of which could be a year lease on a BMW. What do you think about that? There we go.
1: Looking at pictures of it now on the Google
0: I, I think it's legit, and you yeah. might also be asking yourself, Brew, why are you bringing this crap up? One, I thought it was BS. I thought they were screwing with me. But two, do you ever still listen to Common Man and T Bone Porter?
1: It's, it's it's Rubber Ducky Day. Uh, no, because <laughs> I work from home. I don't drive I have okay. no reason to listen to that drivel on the way home. Okay, I say well, that with love. I love those guys. They're I, great.
0: I love them. My my guy Common Man does an excellent impression of the Queen, who is now passed on. But the Queen apparently <laughs> and supposedly was also a huge fan of the Rubber Duckies. It said rumors swirled in 2001 from a British tabloid saying that Queen Elizabeth II had her own royal version of the Bathroom Delight, but it also came with a crown. So fans, I guess, were crazy over that. Sales went up by over 80%. My only question. Isn't that kind of weird to be taking photographs of a potential nude queen? I That's that's a little creepy. She took it in the bath with her. I don't know if she did that, but it's rumors. Again, rumors just because it's on the Internet doesn't make it true, kids. But she had her own royal version of the rubber ducky and it had a crown on it. So I, I would see. just like to ask, not only did you were you able to confirm these rumors, but wonder what the queen looked like in the nude. <laughs> because I would just assume she's not bathing in the sink like Jack. I got one more crazy fact for you. You ready for this? I'm glad you're sitting down. Hit me. So I talked about that song that Ernie from Sesame Street sang, and I really think those writers were high on something, and it's probably illegal now because of the song. But this has become so popular. It was so popular, especially being on Sesame Street, that the song itself became so famous that it was actually the number 16 song on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart in 1970 and was nominated for a Grammy for Best Recording for Children. So when you get a chance, I say play it for Jack. Put him in the sink. Make sure the temperature is perfect. Give him his rubber ducky. Crank up on the iTunes the rubber ducky song and just see if he starts dancing. So there we go. No. Today is National Rubber Ducky Day. Enjoy your baths tonight, everybody.
1: Well, here I am in my tubby again. <laughs> it is. It's a whole song. You want to sing it? Yeah, I'm telling no. you, man,
0: these guys were on some serious <laughs> stuff when they wrote this song. But apparently, it got all the way to number 16. I've heard worse songs that had higher rankings.
1: What's... uh? What's next? Uh, (laughs) Oh, you're you're done with rubber ducky? I'm done with duckies. All right. Uh,
0: Go duck yourself is what you're saying. I I would ask you really quick.
1: (laughs) I should have thought of that. That's good.
0: We'll talk about the Maryland trip here in a moment. But before we end the segment, uh, we're just talking about the trip. And uh, that's really the last time that I've seen you. So you made the joke because I just have a good memory. You made the joke as we ended the show, the first episode of, hey, you know, happy Easter. You know, whatever the other holidays were, let's let's see each other soon and I'll get you the Christmas gift. So we're yeah. going to end this segment. We're going to place a little wager because now it's legal in Ohio. We're going to place a little wager on the over under of when we do our Christmas gift exchange day. I'm placing it June the 1st before or after is what I should say.
1: I think it'll be before. Okay. I think it'll be before, even though it's been after <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. for some time. Because ours,
0: um, the, I got your Christmas gift last at the Maryland trip, which I haven't read the book yet. But thank you.
1: Because I forgot it on our golf. My thing is, we pretty <laughs> consistently play that golf tournament at Pine Hill, and I don't know. Maybe we'll go to a Jackets game or something. I, I just yeah, definitely before. So, are you comfortable taking the after? Or are you going to say before as well?
0: I'll, I'll try the after just to to play devil's advocate, but I, <laughs> I definitely hope it's before. We are talking some college football here with my good buddy, Matt Porter. Again, it kind of goes back to our college days. We talked a lot of college football on Matt and Matt in the evening. Porter, I don't think I'm going to talk too much about just the game or the playoff, because I think for the last four months, people might have gotten sick of hearing me talk about college football. But I do want to get your opinion on whether it's the semifinal weekend, which I thought was actually fascinating television to watch. And then maybe the the national championship, which was like watching paint dry. So your overall thoughts on what you thought from again, I thought an entertaining semifinal, two games, and then a very lackluster championship.
1: Yeah, good tee up. Um, I obviously disappointed the Buckeyes lost. Um, and just generally, I'm a conference guy too. I know you and I disagree on this. Like I I went to Ole Miss, and so I generally root for the SEC. And I also uh you know for a time was a Michigan fan and but just generally like I root for the big ten. So unlike a lot of Ohio State fans, I don't want Michigan to lose every game. Uh it, which is so uh, the playoff itself was was disappointing, I think, for the Big Ten. Sure. Um and and as a casual sports fan though, I and just a general sports fan, I thought the games were great. Both football games, the semifinal games, were awesome, entertaining, back and forth, competitive, um, somewhat shocking. <laughs> actually, both of them yeah. that the, the Buckeyes and and the Horned Frogs played so well. Uh, obviously, Michigan and Georgia were were favorites in in both of those games, I believe. And here's the thing: starting with Michigan, TCU, and, and, and I said this to to Gretch. I feel like Michigan. Or excuse me, TCU caught lightning in a bottle. I think several plays, uh, one the one touchdown review that got called back, and then the yeah. Michigan fumbles the next play. I think that's a that's a huge break for TCU. I think McC, uh, McCarthy McCarthy throwing a couple pick sixes, and, and Michigan still putting forty five points up on them. I I just I still feel like, and you know, TCU fans would disagree. Michigan was the better team they were and, and and TCU just caught lightning in a bottle and I said to Gretsch, like at the end of the game I was like TCU's gonna get rocked they're gonna get rocked no matter who they play I respected TCU I just think they they it's a different class yeah and and I think that they there was some luck involved in yeah. their victory against Michigan mm-hmm. and part of that also is for whatever reason, Jim Harbaugh cannot win a bowl game. He is over <laughs> in bowl games has not won one. He's never all, won and, one at all. No over. And it's like, I, I, I think for a while he was over against Ohio state. So I think eventually, unless he goes and coaches, the Broncos is going <laughs> to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, maybe it'll be in like the Outback bowl. That's wild. It, it's, it's just that game I think was disappointing for the big 10 and, and was surprising. I was surprised that Michigan lost to TCU because I envisioned TCU playing like they played against Georgia. Like mm-hmm. like to me Alabama would would have been more competitive uh against Georgia. It just so we, we won't go down that route, but TCU Michigan was a great game. TCU ended up pulling it out and, and and it was good for them uh but not in the long run. Ohio State georgia um i think ohio state played like people thought they could all year the stroud ran the ball a little bit he he threw lights out uh they weren't intimidated that's the thing michigan looked intimidated by the stage again i thought they looked intimidated last year against georgia and i thought they would get over that hump and and they looked they came out just kind of like Sure, they looked like the better team, but they just kind of looked intimidated comparing that to a couple hours later you're watching Ohio State and they're controlling this this defending champion Georgia team, playing the better game, controlling the line of scrimmage, throwing the ball all over the field to Harrison for a while before he he got hurt. Ohio State looked like the better team in that game as well. And I thought it was disappointing that the fourth quarter – and and Knowles and and just defensively couldn't hold it up against Georgia, and then I was also especially disappointed with the last couple plays of Ohio State's drive. You know, your kicker's has never made a kick fifty yards or more in his career. Ofer Ruggles hadn't made a fifty-yard kick, and I know he had just made a forty-eight yarder before he barely, barely made it. So barely. barely made it, and psychologically, there's a difference in 48 and 50, you see that five zero it's the Ohio state did a disservice to him by not even just running in between the guard and the tackle to the right center it up, gain a yard or two, get it inside, get it closer to a 45 yard kick. and, And I think Ruggles then doesn't feel like he has to destroy the kick. Like he doesn't feel like he has to overcook it. And right. he overcooked it and and he pull hooked it. it it's just well, it, so. I don't put any of this on Ruggles, honestly. I, I no, don't.
0: I um, think of it you're a golfer, you love golf. Think of it this way if we're out golfing, which by the way, my first tee shot of 2023, scared out of my mind because I think I'm going to pull hook it like Ruggles kick. That's just going to be in my head. But let, let's go on a tee and let's say you've got like a 240-yard carry over a pond off the tee with your driver or a 285-yard carry. (laughs) Right. You you might think that I can get it over at 285, but you're going to put a little bit more into that 285 carry, and I think maybe the technique could be a little off. I think you could get a little quick. I think you could try swinging out of your shoes, and you might carry it, but you might also pull it left in the woods or yeah. you just try too hard and maybe you miss it so bad you leave it short of the pond. But 240 doesn't seem that daunting. You're like, "Hey, just do what I'm supposed to do." 280, 285, you're like, "Man, I got to step on this one." And I think the 48 and the 50, it's it's 2 yards, but I think it's a huge difference. I think you're accurate on that.
1: Yeah, he barely made it and I I, I don't blame any of this on Ruggles again. I think the Buckeyes gave up 18 points in the fourth quarter. That's on their that's on their defense.
0: You you probably know me better than anybody, especially as a Buckeye and sports pessimist. But I'll be dead honest with you, man, and I'll just give you a quick oversight on on the game. When CJ rolls out to his left, this is the last drive of the game, as you were referencing. When he rolls out to his left, not only gets the first down crosses the midfield line. And then he continues to get more yards than I was expecting him to get just with the play in Georgia's defense. When he crossed that little graphical field goal target line, even in my sports pessimistic heart, I thought we were going to win because what have we said for two years? I wish CJ Stroud would run. He's got the ability. He's got the skill and he's got the speed. And I just thought all of us for two years were praying and hoping and wishing he would do this. I thought it would just be poetic justice that he would not only get us into position, which I think he could have done with his arm, but to do it ironically with his legs. I swear to you, I thought that Ruggles was going to make the kick. My mind is very. It's I wouldn't say brilliant or else I wouldn't be making what I make for a living. It's very special in the way that it somehow blocks things out so I don't have to deal with or maybe face some of the pain. I don't remember those last three plays. I remember the kick. Kick sucked. But I don't remember the last three plays. I, I couldn't tell you how they lost the yards. I just know the end result. And it, it's just unfortunate that our defense is so terrible still. I, I went in pretty hard on Ryan Day and C.J. Stroud after the Michigan game. I, I, th- I said, nice guys finish last. I still believe that. But those two gentlemen really proved a hell of a lot to me. C.J. is that guy. And he is a dog. And he's got a hell of an arm. And I think he really improved his chances to maybe be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He'd be nuts if he comes back. If he does come back, that would be a miracle. Ryan Day, I loved his energy. I thought he called a gutsy, energetic and very well-strategized offensive game plan. Defense is awful. I am so amazed that millionaires get in the way of victory so often at the collegiate level. These guys just Don't overthink
1: thinking, stuff. What, $1.9 million a year to get shredded by yeah. Michigan and Georgia? Like, come Give on. It's
0: 87 points. In, in the previous 11 games, you and I could call defense and win those games. So that's nothing special in the two games really that matter your rival and the lead up or the setup to hopefully a national championship the michigan game was just atrocious i don't even need to re- rehash that but when you're up 14 and really dominating the defending national champions and at well at that time the only remaining undefeated team cuz michigan had lost earlier you're up twice By 14 points one of which was late third early fourth and you blow that it's ridiculous and the the thing that kills me the most is there's just some crap luck with the the punt fake and the timeout called which will forever go in infamy for georgia fans the harrison targeting that was reversed would have i believe in my heart would have resulted in six if it was upheld it wasn't we had to kick the field goal so we're up 11. I thought to myself, and I, I always nervously eat peanut M&Ms as I pace and kneel and pray and all that other stuff watching a game. I thought to myself, even if Georgia scores here down 11, but they take time off the clock, we're good because the 12th defender for Ohio State at that time was the clock. The yeah. next play, not I didn't even have a chance to throw the M&Ms in my mouth. The damn guy runs 75 yards for an, an easy touchdown. Easy pass. No one's there. You can say he fell. Yeah. Okay, he fell. Where's the safety? BS. And then the last drive, we're up. It's 30, nope, 41 to 35. Ironically enough, the two playoff games were the same. At the end of the game, you knew the Big Ten was going to lose both. And I I watched the Michigan TCU game. I said, this team, this game is going to either be decided by six or it's going to be decided by one that game was decided by six and it was the team TCU to advance. Yeah. So I knew in my heart, this one is going to be decided by one. And I was right. And it just wasn't hard. And that's, that's the, that's the thing that kills me the most, man, is you have an all time offense, even with guys that are injured. Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't play all year. Travion and Mayan. I joked all year. The running back room only had one boot and they had to share it. So Travion's (laughs) out. Mayan's hurt. He had, eight yards on three carries and a touchdown. Cade Stover's out. Harrison's out. You have nobody, and they're still there with a chance, and your defense is atrocious. If you had any form of a defense, we probably celebrate a 65-7 to championship today. And it's just it's pathetic. And I've gained a ton more respect for C.J. Stroud. It's weird that such a great quarterback is 0-2 against Michigan and won nothing in his career. He's just got numbers to show for it. But yeah. I also gained a lot of respect for Ryan Day. I don't think he should give up play calling duties. I just think he needs to get a new defensive coordinator. Pay the guy his buyout money. Get him the hell out of here. That's a Big 12 defense, and it really bit us in the ass.
1: Yeah, it did. It's a good way to put it. It's a Big 12 defense. I mean, um, let's be it honest. It makes you wonder if he would have been shredded by TCU. Oh God, <laughs> um, how ironic uh, that would be. I, I, it just bugs yeah, the hell that, out that was. The, Sad thing yesterday, man, is I and and I think even maybe even that night is knowing knowing that I think the Buckeyes also could have beat Michigan. It's tough to beat. It would have been tough for Michigan to beat the Buckeyes twice and on a neutral field. Um, But to me, if I'm a Buckeye fan and I want to win, I think we have better. We would have had a better chance against TCU. And the fact that that happened and it was like, TCU sitting there waiting. It's like this is going to be like 14 where it's like you've taken out Bama. And now you got Oregon. and respect to Oregon, but like Oregon's not Bama. I mean, they're fourteen and three in the playoff. Um, I was trying to think last night of who they've lost to. Obviously, the Buck. They probably lost to each other. Probably Georgia beats
0: Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia. That's
1: probably where it comes from. Are we the only team to beat them? I no Clemson beat them once in the title game. Good call. I think so, and I actually think so. One year. Bama beat Georgia and then the next year Georgia beat Bama. Did did they they not? So that right there is four four. So I think they're counting 14 and 3 against the three are non-sec opponents. And so all I could think of was Clemson and the Buckeyes. And so I'm wondering what's the other team, non-sec team, to beat uh to beat the SEC in the play. What's the third loss?
0: That's more of a trivia question than did you know it was National Rubber Ducky Day?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. That's
0: that's wild to me. But I, I heard on the radio yeah. earlier this week that for a lot of people, they might think that this loss, Ohio State to Georgia, is more painful and hurtful than that Ohio State-Clemson loss in 2019. I think I heard a lot of people say that this year's would be tougher is because you saw on Monday – almost what was waiting for you. And I wouldn't say yeah. it was just going to be given to you, but the way Georgia played, it was it was given to them. But I, I truly don't believe with any ounce of my body that if Ohio State somehow got over all that BS against Clemson at 19, I don't think we would have beaten LSU. That was an all-time, maybe one of the best college football teams ever team. I, I Without a shred of doubt in my mind, not only does Ohio State beat TCU, we start celebrating first quarter and we all call off in Columbus Tuesday morning. And again, I think you're right. And I think to try to shift the conversation to just more funny. Okay. Noah Ruggles kick was extremely ironic because right as the ball was snapped and right as his foot placed to pigskin, As the ball dropped in New York City for everyone outside of sports fans to celebrate and bring in a new year and kiss your loved one and watch Jenny McCarthy take her top off on ABC, Noah's kick goes way wide left. So as everyone else's ball was dropping, ours was going way left. But you texted me later, maybe 10, 15 minutes after that, to tell me about an untimely birthday gift arrival. So I and it's again, I'm not taking shots at Noah Ruggles, but his his last name is just too perfect to not call him this. So Noah Struggles gave you a little bit of a struggle as well with a birthday gift for Drew. Would you like to tell the story?
1: People are going to call him Noah Struggles, which, which I think is frustrating because it's like he it's really has fault. had a good kicking career. You it's know, great. he won the game against Nebraska that we were at um, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he won the road like he's just so I, I think Buckeye fans will just we need to remember that, too.
0: Yeah, he's a great. A kicker. It's just an unfortunate last name because all you got to do is put an ST in front of it. But you have to yeah. tell me now the struggle bus that you're on because of this untimely birthday gift arrival for Drew.
1: So here's the background. Drew, my brother, and and, and, uh, he and I go to all, for the most part, all the Buckeye home games um, and one road conference game a year with, obviously, you, Brew. And so this year I realized that I don't have any Buckeye jerseys. So I purchased a Buckeye jersey for myself, um, (laughs) and I got Eddie George because I feel like it's just a classic can't-go-wrong jersey. And we were at a tailgate, I think the Iowa game, mid-October. And Drew mentioned to me that he wanted a jersey. And then during the Michigan game, we were out by college game day. And Drew says to me, I would like a jersey, but if I get a jersey, I want it to be a kicker. Because kickers win games. And he said that the drew has that very matter of fact, like kickers win games. Like that's, he just, he, he said it like four times and I'm like, all right, I'll get you a Jersey and I'll, I'll make sure it's a kicker. So naturally I kind of, I went to Nugent. That was my thought. And in hindsight, (laughs) maybe that's who I should have gotten him. Um, (laughs) But uh, he was talking about Ruggles at the Michigan game, and it was Senior Day, so Ruggles came out with and gave Ryan Day a hug and all of that. And there, Drew sitting next to me up there, and you know, we're kind of drunk, and he's like, "That guy could win the game. Kickers win games. Ruggles could win the game." This was, of course, Michigan, and, uh, and we know what happened mm-hmm. in, in that game. But so fast forward, I get Drew a jersey, right, thinking it's going to be a Christmas gift. Uh, shipping delays uh, made it so it arrived after Christmas. I I purchased him a Noah Ruggles scarlet colored Ohio State jersey. Number 95 Ruggles. It actually has a Rose Bowl patch on the front, which is really cool. And so I shit you not. The jersey arrives uh, a couple hours before the the playoff games started and sitting on our porch was a package. I open up the package and it's the Jersey. It's the, it's the Ohio state Noah Ruggles Jersey. And I'm like, shit, this could, this could be a late Christmas gift for Drew. Uh, maybe I'll call him up and see if he, he wants a late Christmas gift. He could wear it tonight. Uh Big game for the Buckeyes. You know, Ruggles could win the game. Like these are the thoughts going through my head. Uh, thankfully, I said, "You know what? I'm not great at birthday gifts. So, I'm just going to and he's not going to wear it till next year anyway." Yeah. I'll just hold it until May and it'll be a it'll be a birthday gift. And 7 hours later, Ruggle's Ruggle's misses the kick and I'm looking at the jersey like I actually had it wrapped and I like unwrapped it. And it was like, "Well, the hell am I going to do with this?" Like Drew can't possibly wear it. Oh, no, he um, can't. But here's the thing. He wants to still wear it because he's like Ruggles is still a good kicker. And and wait, question. Does know, he that's... know
0: about the gift?
1: I told him because I, oh, I, yeah. I, okay. I I thought it would, you know, I was a little tipsy that night and <laughs> I figured like so I texted him and I was like, well. Here was your late Christmas early, you know, birthday gift and sorry, but I think I got to get you another jersey. Um <laughs> So I'm on the fence. That's 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 the story. Uh but am I wrong? Can he can he wear that jersey? Are people gonna look at him like why are you wearing a Ruggles jersey? Or or are people gonna get over it? Because I'm fifty 50 like I, I maybe even more in favor of he should be able to wear it. Like
0: Well, that's funny you asked 50-50 because that's how long the field goal was.
1: <laughs> um
0: I think as the young kids say, it might be too soon. Yeah, you know, give him three years. I will say for Drew's defense of wanting to wear the jersey and in your support of buying the jersey, what really helps your case of still giving him the gift is the patch for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, right, a lot of people will naturally remember Jackson Smith and Jigba for not playing really at all in twenty twenty two. What I hope a lot of people don't forget is how great he was in 21 and his Rose Bowl. So I think the same is for Noah. Noah struggles. I think if it doesn't have the Rose Bowl patch, I think you're host. But let's not forget, I know CJ and Jackson were the MVPs and they won the Rose Bowl. But without the right leg of Noah Ruggles, we, we may not win the game we win by three because he can kick so your defense of buying the jersey and still giving him the gift is that patch with without the patch you might have to go to newt
1: yeah i agree yeah. You know what I, i'll do I for you
0: I, i'm gonna make a, a decision what i'm gonna do for you is that'll be our question posed on spotify for the week can we what do a does... poll yeah every week i ask a question it's on spotify the question this week will be, in some way, shape, or form, in terms of the words and how I organize them. What does Porter do with the jersey? Does he give? Does he gift it, or does he get a nude jersey? And we'll see what the people say, and maybe I can offer you a little bit of help in your in this decision. Love it. But Love I, it. I'm it's,
1: leaning towards giving it to him. I think we need to get over just the one the one kick. I've I, I actually somewhat forgot that he won that Rose Bowl.
0: Can I uh, can I make another suggestion?
1: He taunted the the Utah guy. He afterward. did. How long was that kick?
0: Like 20 yards, 20, 30 yards. It was a lot shorter than the one he <laughs> pulled hooked into the woods. Right. Um, can I make another suggestion to you before you hopefully gift this jersey? Shoot. I think it would be funny if you sent it back and had them put ST in front of it. That would be hilarious. And maybe change it from 95 to 50. That, I mean, that's an option for you. You know, I sometimes use laughter as a way to hide my pain. That would be kind
1: of funny. It was a 19-yard kick.
0: I would ask you this really quick. You kind of referenced the Maryland trip and your brother Drew. One of his famous lines of all time is when you asked him, Drew, what do you want to do while in Chicago? And he, without thinking or even processing the question, goes, not be in Chicago. So (laughs) we go to Maryland this year. We got to take a tour and a trip around D.C., fascinating city. I thought w- I thought it would be a lot busier. I thought it would be like Chicago. I thought it would be like New York. but as you accurately pointed out, it's DC. No one works in DC. I thought that was a great trip, man. It was so much fun. I know we probably walked about 16 miles on that Friday as we walked around the entire city. but again, man, you do a hell of a job with the planning. The Airbnb was great. So I would ask you if you had any good. I don't know if we had any crazy stories from the Maryland trip. We didn't shack up with an old lady that was trying to hit on you or take any nothing stupid or crazy happen because we're getting older. But I would just ask you of the four that we've been to between Michigan State and East Lansing, Northwestern slash Chicago, Nebraska slash corn country, and then Maryland slash D.C., where do you rank them? What What's one through four in our trip so far through uh, through the Big Ten?
1: Maryland's up there. I, I enjoyed that trip. Like, Washington DC is fun. I think the drive was manageable, right? Six hours. Um, I thought we ate really good food both the day before at Old Ebbett Grill, right right outside the White House, and then uh, that bar we went to on Maryland's campus was was oh, fabulous. It was awesome. Yeah, um, a lot
0: of lot of talent
1: there as well. Yeah. There was some talent. There was some talent. We, um, I also just, I know it's nothing we sort of disagree on, or not sort of, we do. I like, I enjoy competitive games. <laughs> I, I, and like, so like, Maryland was a competitive game, it was like exciting. Um, it, whereas like, you know, no, Northwestern, it, it was a blowout. And so that was, I thought that trip, I thought the game, like, if you just go by the game. I think Maryland or Nebraska was also a close game. Those, you know, those Michigan
0: State was close. We've actually kind of erred on the side of you being entertained more than me because we've had three close games to one blowout. The Michigan State game, the score doesn't look it, but that was the Drew Crispin game where he downed like seven punts inside the 10 and we had two late scores to really make it a bigger margin of victory than it should yeah. have been. But we've had three yeah. like butt puckering games.
1: And I think other than Rutgers – I mean, Rutgers, Northwestern, and Indiana should be the blowouts. But other than that, I mean, when the Buckeyes are on the road, we probably should see some good games because, you know, like Purdue gets up for that game, Wisconsin, Minnesota even, you know, Penn State obviously. So, um, Iowa. (laughs) Uh, So, we'll see see some good ones. I would say, answer your question, I think overall – michigan state is still my favorite trip okay. because that's because you like the host that was hitting on you just be honest I, she she was a cutie um <laughs> the, the like the, she had a remember that she had a mustache tattoo on her finger and so she would like she, she would the, put the finger yeah. on her under her nose and <laughs> um, she was a nut she,
0: An she absolutely
1: was interesting nut. yeah but We woke up that morning and it had snowed. So there was like the snow, there was, the snow was on the ground. That was pretty. It was open containers. So we could just drink beers out walking around the stadium. That was fun and unique. Good food after the game. Game was closed. The fans were nice. Yep. Uh, Sometimes I think fans can be mean and that, that hurts your experience. It, it was a very easy four hour drive. I just think that and it was our first trip. Mm -hmm. If you don't count the big 10 title game, um, which actually was one of my favorites as well. So I'm going with Michigan State. How about you?
0: So I think for me, it's interesting because I think every year we do this, I say that the most recent was my favorite. But if I'm combining... Maryland was was excellent, man. And again, you did an excellent job. Uh, I found out, remember when we were trying to figure out what the hell was going on on the White House lawn? I found out what that was. They were setting up all those damn chairs. I think one of Biden's granddaughters we're getting married the next day. So oh, well, okay. that that's what that was. My dad told me that when we got back. But I I think if you combine because you can't really say Northwestern was the best trip because the game was like 59 to 3 and it was on a Friday. So I'm I'm going to try to rank them game and experience like where we go together. So you have to disqualify Northwestern because it was 59 Now I loved it, but it wasn't like you were saying entertaining. It wasn't close. It wasn't. Wow, that was memorable. We beat the hell out of them. Yeah. But Chicago itself might have been my favorite non-game experience. We got to tour Wrigley. We got to go on that uh, architecture boat tour, which I think might have been one of the most fun things I've ever done in my entire life. It was so damn yeah. fascinating. Um, yeah. We got the nice like uh, what's the damn restaurant that kind of screwed us like three times, but it was still good. Uh, the, the deep dish in pizza Chicago? place. Yeah, that everybody goes to...
1: Umal Nadi's Pizza, which is a great spot that we just got bad service that night.
0: Got hosed. They didn't have our reservation. Then when we finally got a table, they jacked up our order. We did get a free dessert out of it, so props to them. But I would, to be honest with you, I think my favorite one was the Maryland game. Because, like you said, the game was entertaining. It it was extremely nerve-wracking. Once we got back to the Airbnb, I took a huge dump because I was so worried I was going to crap myself at the game. (laughs) But if you combine game and an excitement level of a good game, a great atmosphere, by the way, the Maryland in-game production and keeping their fans invested was top-notch. Excellent. I I thought it was awesome. So you combine game and the other than game stuff, being so close and in D.C., seeing everything that D.C. had to offer. To me, one of the most moving things was seeing the Arlington National Cemetery and the changing of the guard. So for me, it's Maryland because you combine great game and great tour of city or host city, if you will. So far for me, it's like the podcast. Every podcast, I'm like, man, that was the best one yet. This is number 29. So far, I think it's pretty damn good. But I think the Maryland one for me ranks number one.
1: Where's our next trip? Where are we going?
0: That was next the last year. thing I was going to do. We do have to reveal our next stop. I think we've penciled this in. First show of the new season. Our first big reveal of the year. We're going to Bucky, aren't we? Going to Bucky Badger in Wisconsin? We go jump Badger around, Town.
1: yeah. We go jump, jump around. around, yeah. October twenty eighth, I think. So late October, I think is the tentative date, I and mean, they may change the schedule again, like they did last year, kind of late.
0: True or false? Second gambling, second bet of the year on the show. Do we get verbally assaulted with a, an F bomb thrown our way, or do we get physically assaulted in Bucky Town next year?
1: verbally assaulted for sure. <laughs> um I've heard the fan base is pretty pretty intense. Yeah, I I think we'll we'll receive that like we have at at a lot of places. Well, actually it was just Northwestern and Michigan State. I don't think we got the 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 f bomb verbal assault assault at, at Maryland. There was none of that. We didn't. Um, we didn't. I I say
0: we get it at Wisconsin and I'm going to do I'm going to throw out the Drew line when you ask, what do you want to do while in Wisconsin? I might be the one to say this year because I'm worried about getting physically assaulted, not be in Wisconsin. Porter and I definitely uh, can talk and usually talk a lot of sports. But I think over the years, Porter, we've always kind of just enjoyed movies. I think we watched a lot of movies when we were in college together, uh, whether it was just for fun or just to get our minds off of stuff. But I wanted to do this really quick because you've really opened my eyes to some movies that I never heard of. And now they're some of my favorite movies. So what I want to do is talk favorite movies. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through a quick list. Of our favorite comedy, our favorite action, and our favorite drama.
1: I've got some. I, it, okay. I they might not absolutely be my favorite, since I it's just tough to actually pick one. But no, yeah, I agree. Could, with you. I think I got them.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's lead with you because I think you're funnier than me. So we'll let you lead with your favorite comedy, and, and see where we go from here.
1: My uh, when I think of favorite comedy, I think of a movie I could put in right now that I've seen before that I'll still laugh out loud to. Even though I I know God it's tough to pick one, um, but for me it's probably Wedding Crashers. Okay, uh, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, those two together. Uh, I think it's very quotable, and and <laughs> it's just his horse shape, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I didn't it's like. Or no, I was I was. That's actually a different movie. It I is. You're you're quoting because I I was carrying that quote of, I didn't want salmon. Uh, i didn't want salmon i said it four times i think that's Brothers. oh um, damn it it is you're right which is it's i mean it's so funny it's actually if that would be high on my list as well i think honorable mention is is, is that is uh i love the hangover i think the hangover is yeah. great um
0: there's some lines in there i don't think we could say to quote but they're funny
1: right um yeah, I'm, I think Wedding Crashers is probably my go-to because I've seen it probably 20 times and I still laugh out loud.
0: For me, I kind of go along with the same lines. I go off of quotable. I go off of every time it's on or every time I watch it, you know what's coming and it's still hilarious. I went with the movie Ted. Yeah. Ted, the funny thing, is, it's a talking teddy bear who swears drinks and smokes. And the lines in that movie are excellent. Now, I know there's better movies like we could probably throw in a Jim Carrey movie, Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Liar, maybe an Adam Sandler movie, stuff like that. But there's just so many lines from Ted. And I think if we said one of those, people's like, oh, yeah, everybody says that. So I went with Ted as my favorite because my favorite line of the movie, because I used to work at Kroger, is. When he's at the grocery store and he's the cashier and he's checking stuff out and he's kind of humping the, the credit card machine.
1: Right. Right. He,
0: he tells the lady, he goes, thank you. Come again. We have a lot more groceries. And I wish <laughs> I've said this before. I wish I could go back, work at Kroger one more time at the register and say that once. Cause I think that'd be awesome. So
1: it I'm is a great, ahead. it's an, it's one of those underrated lines. Cause yeah. if you're not paying attention, you don't catch it. Um, <laughs> And I just, it's that movie's quotable. It's also uh, fun to just try and like do his voice, like, yeah, that's where we're gonna draw the line. <laughs> like, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, my one. Dad, of the, I was
1: sending a tweet.
0: I say it all the time. <laughs> is it one of those names that has Lynn after it? Yes, I got you now, mother. I got you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get this awesome. job, are we still gonna smoke that pot?
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you might just have to do impressions from Ted here in a moment. Uh, I'll lead next on the action. How about that? Okay. For me, one of the best movies that I've ever seen, period, but especially action movies, is I've I've always been big on military and war movies. I absolutely love Lone Survivor. It's a very intense movie. You were in the Air Force, so maybe you can speak to the legitimacy and the accuracy of maybe the movie and the training and some of that stuff that goes into it. But just for me, from an I don't know if I should say entertainment, but just maybe a feel of reality and maybe a glimpse of what it's like into what people in the military go through. To me, it's a it's a fascinating movie. It's entertaining and it's intense from the opening credits. So for me, it's Sloan Survivor.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice. I I think it's certainly action packed. Um, And I think they did have. Marcus Luttrell, who's the the actual real life lone survivor, consulting on that movie pretty closely, um, and I would almost also say that movie is a drama as well. That's it is, it's, very, it's very dramatic, and, and I think it's pretty sad uh, as yeah. well. So,
0: um, you know what I just realized, I am not I'm not being paid by Mark Wahlberg to promote his movies, Ted lone survivor like I am not getting he's got a Chevy dealership here in Columbus I am not getting paid a red cent from Mark Wahlberg to promote his stuff I promise you
1: he's got another good action movie it's honorable mention I would say is the movie shooter
0: oh I've Uh, seen that yeah good movie
1: it's, it's 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 pretty good too my favorite action film would probably be Terminator 2 Judgment Day I think it's one of the rare examples In the world of film where the sequel is better than the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And have you ever seen it?
0: You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know how Marcus always answers questions about movies. He goes bits and pieces. I haven't even seen bits and pieces. I've never seen it.
1: Well, you mentioned at the top of the segment that I've opened your eyes to new movies. There we go. Uh, You should close out this podcast and enjoy the rest of your Friday night with a couple of beers, maybe a shot of Jaeger, and <laughs> uh, and watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay, I will put that uh, on my no, list. No spoilers. It's an excellent, excellent movie.
0: Yeah, I, every time you recommend a movie or a book, I fully trust that it's going to be great. So I'll put it at the top of my list. Do you want to go with drama to lead off, or do you want me to?
1: Sure. I I think it's, um, drama is my, I would have to go with my favorite movie of all time, which would be the Shawshank Redemption. I think this is one I shared probably with you and and I think you've seen it. It's a, one of the rare movies out there where it's about two, just, it's really about friendship, um, and and two, two friends just kind of struggling, uh, and how they develop their relationship and stay together through adversity and, Uh, It's just a great movie Uh, and and interestingly did did not do well at the box office and have sort of has sort of gained fame in the last 20 years uh, just through like pop culture and and word of mouth. And it was actually mostly filmed here in Ohio.
0: Yeah, freaking Mansfield Uh, right down the street from Ashland.
1: Yeah. And you can go to the prison. It's the old Ohio State Penitentiary and do a tour which I've done and I would recommend if you're sort of geeking out about that movie and the bank scene near the end of the movie was filmed in Ashland.
0: Yeah, it's right in Ashland. It's the Huntington bank. I would drive by it all the time and that's where Andy got his money. That's funny that you chose that movie, but I also think it's interesting and just neat why you chose the movie and how you described it because I wrote it down as well. I love that movie and it's, it would be tough to rank top five of all movies because like you said, with comedies, there's so many stuff to pick one. It's like choosing your favorite kid. But I think the reason you describe Shawshank as your favorite is one of mine. You have a lot of good lines. It's a great, great movie. Uh, I've always tried to convince my mom to watch it. She never does because there's too much swearing, but it, she's missing one of the best movies because like you said, it's about friendship. It's about overcoming obstacles. and, I, I just I kind of love the the patience and the persistence of Andy to just chip away at that wall and I, I just love that scene when he finally crawls through the river of shit and comes out clean on the other side I think that is a good kind of way to paint pictures sometimes in life and I, I think it's a fantastic movie so I think it's cool the way you described it about friendship and staying together through obstacles we both chose that movie because that's kind of how our friendship has stayed true over the years as well. We're not, we haven't been to jail. At least I haven't. I don't, I don't think you have either, but Uh, it's, it's cool. We both chose that.
1: No, I I have not. And I think it is cool because again, it's like there's to me, there's, it's a rare, it's rare to have movies out there too, about two like grown men. Mm-hmm. That 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 are focused on friendship. The, the, or that the movies focused on friendship. I think that's unique. Uh and actually your mom is absolutely missing out. If you go to IMDB, the top 250 movies of all time, the number one rated movie of all time is the Shawshank Redemption.
0: Are you serious? Of all time, all genres?
1: Yeah. Number two is The Godfather. You know, top ten, you got Schindler's List up there, you got Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump.
0: So that's the number one movie. Number one movie of all time. Just to be different, since we both said Shawshank, if someone else is looking for another movie to watch over the weekend, another one that I would say, and it's kind of action, kind of drama, it's it's kind of a blurry line between what this actually is. But I absolutely love A Few Good Men. I, I've always liked law type shows and movies as well. Yeah. So if you wanted and if you required me to say another movie, I would... Still leave Shawshank up there, but I would also throw out A Few Good Men. There's some quotable lines in that one that I think everybody knows. And it's also a little bit of a military movie. So you can kind of see there's a pattern that I have. It's either Mark Wahlberg or an action military movie.
1: Or military movies. Yeah. I, interestingly, I, I think A Few Good Men is great. It's probably in my top five or 15. It's not on this list of top 250. So I would say it's underrated. Okay. That's a great movie. Uh,
0: Speaking of great and underrated, I think you are great and definitely underrated when it comes to your impressions. And I think these impressions need to be expressed to the masses. And we have an opportunity and an outlet right here for you to do so. So I already
1: gave you my 10.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I do think a great idea because Marcus, the first thing I remember him saying to me in college, remember, I think he asked you the same. What impressions do you do? I'm like, I don't know. I, I barely do myself that well. So I think you do an excellent Jim Carrey. So my my idea is to have a little impression contest between you and Marcus. So since you're on here, I think your best one is the liar liar scene when Jim Carrey gets pulled over by the police officer. So here's your chance to beat Marcus in this impression contest on Bruin Company.
1: So, do you know why I pulled you over? It depends on how long you were following me. Eh. Why don't we just take it from the top? Here goes. I sped. I followed too closely. I ran a stop sign. I almost hit a Chevy. I sped some more. I failed to yield at a crosswalk. I changed lanes at the intersection. I changed lanes without signaling while running red light and speeding. Is that all? No. I have unpaid parking tickets. <laughs> Be gentle. You
0: know, you know the best thing about that? I've seen that movie a thousand times. And then after I got to meet you and saw that you did an excellent impression of that, that scene taught me something about driving. And because of that movie, I now don't change lanes in an intersection because of okay. that scene and that and movie and your impression.
1: That's the toughest part of that impression is that section of it because it's it's just verbally is tough to get that piece out. so. <laughs> um um,
0: (laughs) that's awesome man i think you put out a a pretty good product and i think it'll be tough for sir to beat so well done uh we do have to end the show here with our game and as if you guys remember from almost a year ago the game when porter is on because he was in the air force in the military he's got a history major and just knows the the country's history better than most people that i know so the game is called porter for president And if you don't remember how the game works, we pick a topic from the show and we pick our favorite between the two. This year, or at least in this episode and this game for Porter for president, we're going to talk more painful loss. Doesn't have to be a big breakdown. Everyone doesn't need to end on a sad note. More painful Ohio State loss. We kind of touched on it earlier in the show. Was it the 2019 Clemson loss that would have allowed us to go and play for the title against LSU? Or was it the one that we just witnessed with uh, with Ohio State versus Georgia that really, in my opinion, would have afforded us not only the chance, but I think the the reality of winning a title? What do you think there, buddy?
1: I think game if you really just look at the games, I think the more painful loss. Is the Clemson one? I, I know that maybe goes against what would be I because like, yeah, if the Buckeyes win against Georgia, they're winning a national title. There's there's no way TCU beats them um as we saw uh in the in the national title um against Georgia i think the reason why i picked the clemson game is because if i remember correctly there were several reviews and calls in that game uh if i remember correctly a a targeting on trevor lawrence that i mm-hmm. think was a little a little bit of a bad call there was a a scoop and score that I think the buck guys had that was called back um, that I really feel like we got screwed on. And then, so just by the nature of the Buckeyes again, I think playing the better game and having some, some calls just not go their way. that kept Clemson in it, especially early that one against Trevor Lawrence. I think the game changed after that and the Buckeyes had gotten like nothing but field goals early. So you got to give some credit to Clemson's defense. Um, surprised. I remember so much about that game, but that, I think that's a more painful loss.
0: I, I would agree with you, but what I heard earlier this week about maybe the reasoning and the support for saying that this Georgia loss would be worse was because of what we saw on Monday. I will never get over and never be okay with, and it will just never sit well with me, the Ohio State-Clemson loss. Because to me, I thought we were, one, the better team, that was the last team where we were complete in all facets of the game, but that was a year where we had a top two offense, and a top two defense. You were right, man. Your memory is very good. T. Higgins, a Bengal player, caught this pass, made a couple of steps, and I don't. I think Okuda was the one that knocked it out. I know Jordan Fuller was the one that recovered it and scored yeah. a touchdown. That was overturned, and that game made me question my knowledge of the rules and the game of football because I'm pretty smart. I called almost 400 collegiate games in my career at Ashland football and basketball. When you call games, you need to be pretty well versed on the rules of the sport and you need to know the sport. And that's why we say, I try to take off the scarlet and gray glasses and just watch Ohio state for what they are. That game made me question everything. There was a JK Dobbins catch on a screen where he lunges and reaches the football towards that imaginary line. And yeah. I think it hit the line, and they said it was loose, and they said it was like an incompletion. I'm like, how was it incomplete? He caught it. He was already running. I, I I just I don't know how to process some of those calls and the reasons behind it. And now every time I, I watch football, I don't know what the hell is going to be called because that game made me question my knowledge of the sport. But what I heard this week in support of the Georgia game makes me also unnerved because of what we saw on Monday. I think Georgia was the better team. I truly do. I thought for the majority of the game, we were playing the better game. But everyone this week has said, well, Ohio State, they deserve to win that Georgia game and Georgia fans are like, oh, yeah, you guys played the better game. I don't give a crap because it doesn't matter. If you think they played the better game or were the better team or deserve to win, I'm about outcome. And the outcome was we weren't. We were a point short. And it's because we have no defense. And that kills me. And I'm not going to make any excuses. So at the end of that game, yeah, I already told you. I went outside. I sat in the cold and I cried for five minutes. And by the way, ironically, I heard fireworks going off, which made it even worse.
1: Yeah, but New Year's. Yeah. I
0: just knew that we weren't the better team. And it's because of a terrible defense. I just think this Ohio State loss is easier for me to accept because we just weren't that good of a team. We we kind of saw that pipe leaking at Maryland in person, and then we saw it explode against Michigan. To me, it's the Clemson game because we were the better team. That game will never sit well with me. I'll never get over that one. So I have to choose the Clemson game in 19, even though I think what was waiting for us was a beatdown from LSU. I know we probably lost a national championship last week on New Year's Eve, but I still think the Clemson one hurts more.
1: I agree. It's interesting. The the winning the Clemson game probably awards us the opportunity to lose in the yeah. national title. But Georgia beating Georgia affords us probably the opportunity to win a national title. But it's not about that. It's like which which actual loss hurts the most. And I agree. It's the Clemson game because they got, they got screwed. And to your point, they were the better team. Ohio State was the better team against Georgia – on new year's Eve this year, but nine times out of 10, I think Georgia's the better team this year. Let me just and make it, this
0: point. They were the better team on new year's Eve. Georgia was the better team on new year's day.
1: Yeah. And, and it was an opportunity for the Buckeyes to beat an sec team. And I think that they would have, I think that would have been very nice for the big 10. I think they would have been big for the big 10. Yeah. Um, Cause now it's still just that Alabama game back in 14, 15. Um, yeah, that's true.
0: I'll say this, I'll make it succinct, then I'll cut you loose and you can go uh, in the bathtub and play with your rubber ducky. The thing that makes it still unsettling for me for the Clemson game is I thought we lost that game for reasons that were out of our control. Yeah, that hurts. And and I've always told everybody when I was in radio, if you're a blame the refs guy or girl, you didn't watch the game and you don't know the game. That was the one time I felt okay with saying the refs really kind of screwed. They
1: screwed. Us. Yeah, they screwed. I I truly us feel that, that way.
0: Now, you're right. You said the red zone we settled for field goals, that's fair. And I, and I I agree with you. But there's also the part of that story that says how is that catch from T Higgins not a catch and a fumble? The Georgia game will allow me to at least rest on the fact that I knew all year, although the defense was better, I knew all year we didn't have a good defense. And you can at least put your finger On why we lost to Georgia. And it allows you to maybe accept it a little more like, you know what? I'm not about these participation trophies. We lost by one and we made it very easy on the defensive side of the football for Georgia to come back, rally, and not only win on New Year's Eve, but cakewalk to a national title. And for me, that's why it's easier to accept the Georgia one. Because you can put your finger and really sleep well at night knowing why. I can't get over something that's out of our control. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Matt Porter, I'm Matt Brewbaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at Matt Brew 3 the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers.